Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arment. And you may have noticed, I was about to say, I hope you noticed, but that sounds weird. Uh, We took a break that also was longer than the initial intended break was. And that is because I had two deaths in my immediate family, uh, very close together. First, my older brother, which was expected and horrible. And then a few weeks later, my dad, which was much less expected, but also pretty sucky. And I was, I kept, I, I, I multiple times said to Tiff, like, no, I think I can. And then I was like, no, I, I can't because people react differently. I apparently react with extreme tiredness and just being brain foggy. So I'm very grateful that Tiff let me take a break and that you guys haven't hounded us for it. I'm sure if you follow me on social media, you've seen the the amazing September that I had. Yeah, it was a it was a break that was necessary and I'm glad that we took it because it let you, you know, deal with what you have to do. I mean, there are a lot of things that are a little bit more important than, you know, an art podcast, but <laughs> I mean, we I mean, we are But back. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you too and hopefully that like coming back can also be a little bit of therapy. I think it can and I wanted to start out just by talking about how and this is not just like, oh, I'm, you know, dredging this up for the podcast, but I was thinking about it all along that like having making has been so helpful during this time and not at least not yet in the sense of like oh you know I painted my feelings but for me just like having stuff in my hands um, I took a sort of overnight shift with my brother at hospice in his last week so that his wife could get some proper sleep and I cast on a sweater and I remember somebody was talking to me about like well won't that sweater you know, feel bad afterwards. And I I think that it it won't because, you know, I could be there for him and for uh, my my sister-in-law, but also just like it was there for me when Mm -hmm. I needed it, you know, to have something to do, especially when you are feeling kind of both hopeless, but also just like brainless and mindless. It's hard to, it's really hard to read for me, at least it was. And having something to do with my hands and to feel like, you know, we mentioned this a lot, but to really, really very literally feel like, well, at least this is something that I can do that makes a difference, you know, and this is something that is productive and good. And I mean, it is possible that I'll want to rip it out. But right now, I don't feel I feel like this is, you know, again, something positive, something that I, you know, that is there. And also just like as a distraction, and a little bit like if you're focusing on something you can if if not like you know distract or push it completely away you have something that exists something that's like very tangible in in the moment and also getting back into I realized like I hadn't been in the studio for ages in in my pottery studio and just like getting back and getting to make stuff and having stuff that exists it's been also very 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 good. I'm sure that if I was more of a painter, uh, I would have either had to put my paints away for weeks or would be trying to paint my feelings, but just like keeping my hands hands occupied. I decided to not do Inktober this year because I was fully like, well, I, I'll like the distraction, but on top of any discussions of like, is is it the best challenge? Just any inking challenge or drawing challenge 
because missing the first day, I was like, well, that's it. Because I just realized it wasn't it wasn't going to work for me. Um, I don't think you've been doing it. You've been playing with butterflies instead, right? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I also have bailed out on Inktober this year. I did it for two years straight consistently every single day and I was super liked it. This year, I am so busy with glass stuff. I actually have a market. You have plant-tober. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I have a market on like Saturday, which is um, from the time we're recording like three days from now. So I've been cranking out a ton of you work. You have another market and you have a ton of the the gorgeous um, succulents. How's, how's that feeling? Yeah, I just I am just so busy with making sure I have stock because from my previous sale in the summer... And then I did a little online clean out from everything left over from that. And that left me with nothing. And then, you know, the person that arranged the very first one that I did uh, in the spring was like, hey, I'm going to do a fall one. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to say yes, but I have nothing. (laughs) So I've been working my butt off trying to get a whole bunch of stuff finished. So I actually have like something on my table for Saturday. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, Inktober just didn't feel like a priority. Like I felt like if I had forced myself to do it now, uh, I would have just been absolutely overwhelmed. And as the great Ron Swanson said, never half ass two things, whole ass one thing. So I'm whole assing my glassing. Very good. Yeah, I have. It's funny because next week I'm filling in for my mom at a miniature fair because she is and this is my mom to a T. She signed up for this fair and but she also signed up because the dates were moving around because, you know, pandemic. Um, But she's like, you have to you have to sell my stuff for me because I'm walking the the Santiago de Compostela, the long walk through Spain to some saint, something, something. It's very far. So that's what my mom is doing. And I'm selling her miniatures and some of my tiny, tiny pottery. But then in, in December, now the restrictions have been somewhat lifted here. Long story short, two Christmas markets that were a little up in the air are now the weekends after each other. And I have tables at both. So I really have to make sure to fill up my stock. I've made a couple of cauldron mugs, which I think are fun for like Halloween. And I realized, well, I need to get them like, you know, glazed and up now if people are going to get them for Halloween. So I'm trying to prioritize more Christmas stuff. But it's been really fun playing around with that. Yeah, I've been noticing that like seasonal stock is a whole thing. And now mm-hmm. like I want to do some spooky stuff. Like I have some spider webs and some spiders. And oh, your ghosts. Are I wa- so yeah, cute. the ghosts my, uh, named Mitch. It's named Mitch. Uh, and like I have all this stuff. But yeah, I'm like, oh, no, people are going to be like holiday shopping. I'm like, yeah, it's in October. <laughs> but yeah, that's a whole new world for me as like a small production person. You will always have a spoopy audience that will buy ghosts and spiders all year round. I hope so. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like the whole goth thing because I think Mitch is going to become like a staple and I'm always going mm-hmm. to have Mitch. So we'll see how, how he sells on uh, online after the market. I'm going to do all my leftovers again. Or maybe I shouldn't in case like, you know, they arrange another like, you know, November or <laughs> December market, and then I have no stock again. I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole balancing act. You can put them online, but not as like a fire sale, you know, like you don't have to discount them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, markets. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> markets and catching up. But um, what we really need to catch up on is the writer's retreat that you did that we promised we would talk about. So um, you need to tell us all about that. It was 
it was magical. Like it was to the point where parts of it were like, you know, is is you know how some people have like camp stories that they always tell, like that's still their identity. Yeah, there's it was one time at like that. <laughs> exactly. Like it was almost culty, but not. But it's you know, it it was five days, it was just like very intense, both like practically with all the, the lectures and the writing exercises that we did and with like talking to other people and it really was like pretty special to do that thing of like I am going to take myself seriously enough to decide that I am worth this you know and I really rediscovered a love for writing fiction because that was I mean it wasn't even necessarily the focus of the exercises it was partly but just like and and it was it was completely voluntary to you know do the exercises at all or as instructed we could do other writing and then share with with our small group but just like i don't know just like playing with characters and playing with how to illustrate something and you know the show don't tell stuff and it was just like one thing in in a story that i've been sort of mulling over in my head i did one of the exercises based on that i was like wait this is a whole new character who didn't exist before and i think she needs her own book unrelated to this because she's fun you know it's very very that sort of weird thing that writers like to write about on twitter (laughs) where (laughs) it just like happens but it was really, really special. They, um, the two writers who organize it, they, they had just these really good, these really good like lectures and presentations, and the exercises were good. But then it was also like camp stuff. Like we, you know, we went swimming in a lake, and because we're Swedes, we also went skinny dipping and saunaing and like all the, you know, it was just very good to kind of just remove yourself from reality and be in this like magical non-reality space to be like this is the only thing that we're doing now we're all of us are focusing on ourselves and it was very like different levels which I really appreciated like some people who had published several books and some people who hadn't you know ever finished a project or people who were close you know like very different levels and everyone still you know had stuff to to bring to the table and to add and I mean if we're being completely honest here, it also felt really good to get praise for my work. You know, like <laughs> yeah. people who liked the things that I that I shared and, and stuff. And it was just, it was really cool. And there's uh, like a part two to this. I don't know, 102 or 201. I don't know who you would. And um, there was, at first there was a, a cancellation of a spot in the uh, follow-up camp class that was just a couple of weeks later which I actually managed to nab which was really fun which is weird and very spontaneous of me um but then my brother got worse so I had to cancel that but that means that I have a guaranteed spot now uh in May for the the second part of this camp and it felt a little bit like am I just wanting to do this because of this magical culty feeling that this has filled me with and partially yes like I want to do that again but also just like well like I said the the getting to take something seriously and getting to focus entirely on that because you can't do anything else when well I mean you can go swimming instead of doing your writer or your writing exercises which is also very good for for the soul possibly not in in May in Sweden though or maybe but yeah so that's it was it was very very good I'm very glad that I did it and that I just like threw myself into it and didn't go oh no people people are scary other people oh no no 
So can you take us through like when you get there, like what does a day look like? Like I want to know like the type of, you know, typical day schedule that you would go through. Yeah. So most of the days did look the same. Like first breakfast, they had they had they brought their own cook because it's this like sort of bed and breakfast out on an island in the archipelago. But the the organizers bring their own chef. And I accidentally proposed to her once because her food was so good. Uh, she laughed it off. I, it was funny. Um, but so like breakfast and then we had about between like, say, 10 and noon, we had presentations on topics where they would take turns, These the, the two organizers, two writers who are amazing writers. I love both their books. So like maybe they would talk about, you know, character or how to illustrate something about character. Like they would talk about the same thing, but from their very different perspectives. And they are very different writers. And like, do you, how do you structure a book? How does narrative like um, sort of the, the dramatical structure of the narrative how does that work and even though they both have very different techniques they could explain like this is how it works this is what can make a book good and like this was my route to becoming a writer so like they would have that and then we would have uh, some short time for writing and then lunch and then a couple more hours of free writing time um, where you could do an exercise that related to the presentation or just you know work on anything and then we were separated out into groups and would give each other feedback and you didn't have to read if you didn't want to and then we would meet up the whole group and like talk a little bit sort of different things different days like what is the thing we learned this day or what was something that you want to share that you like all realized in your groups or whatever and then we had dinner and then we had activities that were like you know karaoke or playing games or and there was sort of spontaneous like morning yoga that somebody like did who also was a yoga instructor was like well we'll do just like simple morning yoga and it was just it was really like it was very very well structured but just enough structured if you know what i mean like it was just like here is and it was also they they said that there have been um have been instances of people coming and like not even doing any writing and maybe not even taking part in all of the talks like they would drop in and out uh but just like going there to hang out with other creative people uh which i'm like well that it's an expensive hangout but i could see how that would be worth it if you're going with people people you know and i but i appreciate like i said not just with the different levels but that they try to make sure that for instance for the continuing classes or camps because you can go to many many of those and so sometimes people will go to the to the 101 camp multiple times over but they try to prioritize that people who haven't who've only been to one camp will uh, have a better chance of making it to camp number two and not the people that have already gone so that it's not just like the same crowd and you get this sort of favoritism. I, it's just it's it's really, really well organized. And it's just nice to also kind of be in nature. But it was just like simple, small rooms. I had my own half bath, but I had to go to another building to shower, which is fine. But it also gives that very nice like sleep away camp feeling mm-hmm. you know like you're carrying your little your towel and your travel sized you know shampoo and, and body wash kit and like you have Gosh, your flip-flops so that... since i did that <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like you have your flip-flops so that your wet feet don't get like get pine needles ever yeah <laughs> it was just it was really really magical and it very it's it very much is one of those things where like, you can't really explain it to someone else you're just gonna sound like you're weird 
which I am, it's fine. But it was just it and it I think I really, really needed it mm-hmm. because, you know, my, my brother has been sick for a while and my dad's been kind of weakening for a while and with long COVID and, you know, all the stuff. It was just very, very I mean, this was also the first time because they, they were very careful about like all of the, the lecturing and everything was outside. We um, made sure to try to keep our distance during getting food and everything. But even so, it was like, okay, this is this wasn't the first time that I'd slept away from from home in a year and a half because we did go and visit our friends. But it was the first time I'd slept on my own, like one person in a bed for a year and a half, <laughs> which was really weird. Um, but also just like being around people, you know, talking to more than two people at once. It was just like a really nice, maybe not even break, but like a little sort of reboot after mm-hmm. a long, weird, hard time. Highly recommend going to sleepaway camp. <laughs> that does sound really amazing. I think I might start like researching uh, little <laughs> camps for, I don't know, anything really the way you describe it. So like overall, from everything that you um, produced while you were there, do you have like a favorite thing that you feel is like really unique and new and like special? I do actually. It was um, when we had the assignment to sort of, you know, illustrate uh, something about people without writing the thing, basically like a show don't tell exercise. And it was the sentence was something like, um, I don't remember the names, but say like Sarah and Mary argued about who or they they split custody of the the canary after they split up something like that like this very short simple sentence and just like writing that out and using you know like all the different senses and people not being explicit about just like working around it showing not telling it's been so long since I've done that and not just because, you know, I haven't written fiction in a while, but also just like, that's usually not how you do journalistic writing. So it's not something that I do a lot, even in periods where I'm writing a lot, because you can do a little bit of that in like um, a reporting piece, but not a lot. And it was just, it was just fun to really go for it, you know, just like broad brush strokes and, and tiny brush strokes, but just like, go for it all the way. You know, that was a, a lot of fun. Like, the the sound of of like a very impatient person at the door or the fact that the other woman uh, had brought this huge cage on the subway because she didn't want the birds to be uncomfortable even though she didn't express a lot of emotion towards her ex which was displayed in other just like it was a lot of fun to play with that and I think that's something that I want to do more of even if not all of it will like make it into a final piece because it can be too much, but just like, you know, training yourself to, to play with the subtleties was a lot of fun. Are there any, but any people there who would act as uh, editors or read your work that, you know, you can kind of pass your stuff on to, or was it primarily, you know, just solo um, and then discussing with like a group was it was there any kind of I should say is was there any kind of structured feedback that like helped you improve or was it more um, just like group sharing? 
No, it was definitely feedback. Like with the with the sharing, um, you could give, you could say like, I want feedback on this or I just want to read it or I want specific feedback. Like you don't need to give feedback on this part because that's not my focus here or I already know that this part is, is not great. Mm-hmm. So I did get like interesting feedback and sometimes it was just like this part really stood out because I really got what this person was feeling or I feel like this part didn't make sense or this part needs repeating or, or is this part is repeated too many times or whatever. And some of that was things that I could already see in my, in, in what I written. Cause like, you know, you know, you write something in a couple of hours, it's not going to be perfect for most people. I'm, you know, some people are geniuses, but a lot of the times it was, it was just really good to have someone's eye from the outside and to look at and be like, all right, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Or I can see this or even getting to defend a certain choice that I maybe didn't understand that I had made and why until someone questioned it you know Um, and I think you know this this group of people there are definitely people in there that I could you know message and be like hey I have this thing that I've written would you want to just like take a look at it and give me some just like not even a beta read but just a feedback and um, a couple of people talked about like just having like a mini retreat going to someone's like cabin somewhere just like for a weekend and write together to sort of do what's sometimes called body doubling like if you just have someone near you who is also doing the thing that needs to be done Mm -hmm. you will sit there in a way that you don't necessarily manage to force yourself to do if you're alone (laughs) Marco and I kind of do that with like editing podcasts we like edit on the same day yeah because it's like okay this is editing day I know you're doing it so I could do it (laughs) and and you are going to notice if I suddenly you know, very clearly I'm watching YouTube and or I get up to do other stuff a lot, you know? So speaking of doing other stuff, um, you're also (laughs) kind of deeper into teaching than last time we talked. And so how is that going? There's, uh, there's so much, so much change in your life right now. Um, (laughs) There really is. It's been a lot of fun. I've had to miss a couple of days because I I got a fever after my brother died because I think it was just emotional overload. But I've also like uh, subbed in both for the other uh, textile arts teacher once or twice. And then they were also like, once you're in sort of the substitute system, they were like, could you be a music teacher today? Can you be an art teacher today? So I've taught uh, 13 year olds to play guitar. I don't remember if I told you this last time, but uh, and it's just it is. It's also like it. I mean, teenagers are annoying as all get out a lot of the time but they're also really amazing little people little, you know what i mean like the medium people <laughs> little creatures uh little monsters but it's just it's it's been fun and to you know sometimes to even have a kid say out loud like what well, i didn't get this before i like i couldn't understand this and now you've explained it in a way that i get it uh or you know helping someone figure out how to get an even amount of paint on their sponge stamp th- like both the little and the big things mm-hmm. and sometimes getting to explain to a whiny teenager why you need to do this stuff regardless of if it's you know talk about music or learn how to embroider stuff but what's kind of hard right now because you know like this was sort of kind of a trial run to be like well do I want to be a teacher and some days I absolutely do and some days I'm like oh, I hate children no I don't hate children but when you're like this is too much but I think at least like 65% of the bad days is that my margins of energy are still kind of small, you know, Mm. like I get tired easily. And, you know, when you're tired, when you're cranky, 
your patience is sh- I don't know if you know this. I mean, I don't know why you would know. <laughs> your patience yeah, I think is I think shorter. I have an inkling of how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> so like that is possibly part of it. But I do know that it's like it's definitely, you know, like gratifying enough that I am willing to do it for the spring semester as well. And I do think that I, I, I'm pretty sure I want to apply to the program again. The only thing that I have to sort of think about is to keep kind of track of how my improvement of my energy levels goes back up. Like, is it realistic to do this next fall, like to, to go back to school full time next fall? Or will I need another year of recuperation and maybe, you know, substitute teaching, selling pottery, doing that stuff? But it is, it's kind of nice to be like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this, but I don't think anyone knows if they can do this. Nobody knows if the life choices they're making are a good idea. But I do feel like it's, it's, um, it's rewarding. It's annoying. And, you know, also when you're like, yeah, no, part of the job right now, at least very much so with, with COVID is like, oh, I have to, you know, stand uh, at the entrance to the lunchroom and tell several hundred people to wash their hands you know like that's (laughs) teaching is not just the the teaching part Uh, and you know there's tons of logistics and admin and having to log you know attendance and and whatever it might be but every job has tons of boring stuff unless you're maybe no even famous people have boring days so do you think that substitute teaching is a good substitute for teaching (laughs) Really? Like, do you think that it's kind of nice to have the freedom of like, oh, one day I'm a music teacher, the next day I'm an art teacher, as opposed to having like a jobby job where you are kind of locked into attending every single day? Or is it nice to think about like, if you do become a full teacher with capital T, (laughs) you know, that you have control over your own lesson plan and and the the entire year and you can kind of focus on like what you want to do in your classroom? I mean, I could see a positive both ways but in contrast to how you have been living your life where it's like at home and you can you know go out and do what you want and you have smaller jobs that you not that your jobs are small but you know what I mean like it's more um it's more uh, event-based you know than going in like nine to five every single day to somewhere and if you do get a teaching job that seems like that changes a lot for you absolutely and um I mean, the thing is also, it's possible that I, I can get a part-time job teaching, especially in arts and or textile arts, like or or for that matter, if I work in woodshop. I think right now, again, like with the, with the substituting on top of like the stuff that I'm I'm technically mainly there for, which is the textile arts stuff, it is kind of fun, but it is also hard to sort of jump in because you have to do kind of, I mean, I will get some sort of like lesson plan or like substitute handbook or guideline for what that class is supposed to be about but sometimes you know someone will get sick and won't have time to have done that and I'm just like kind of floundering so that's definitely um a good having having a lesson plan that you follow every week is definitely better but yeah no there will definitely like I I still have to a little bit think about like well is this something that I would not be okay with but like if I had to shift over more and like be a full-time full-time teacher and not do much journalisting but still do some pottery is that something that I want to do would I only want to take part-time work and again like 
it sounds it sounds so boring to keep repeating, but it's it's true. Like I right now don't know what my working capacity will be in a year. And you know, it's it's possible that I'll I'll never really be able to work more than I don't know 50% and that will have to be split up into multiple things so that I can control my days and control when I nap. But no, it's um I don't know how the future looks, Tiff. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm also just curious, like if you feel guided in a certain direction now that you have been subbing for a little while and and doing that teaching stuff um, in your more daily life, that if mm-hmm. the uh, kind of the romantic notion of it before when you were applying <laughs> to the teaching program versus the practicality of going into a school every day and interacting with students um, or, you know, some days whatever your schedule is but like still like it gives you more of a taste which is one of the things that was appealing in the first place and I was just curious if that experience even um you know in the last couple months if that has changed your outlook on on how you see your long-term possible art teaching career you know I I I think like I'm I'm still pretty set on like well I want to try to go for this like more mm-hmm. seriously again in the first couple of weeks I was like this is exhausting I hate everyone but I also know like you know I've, I've been in the working world long enough to know that every job feels like that for at least a couple of days you know when you're just <laughs> like I you know I, I can't get the copier to work I don't know where the bathroom is you know and, and everything is new and confusing and when it's not just like oh this is a new new environment but it also it's also a very loud and chaotic environment even happy teenagers make a lot of noise cuz i feel like every time i'm faced with like a situation like this i over romanticize like what it's going to be oh absolutely and then as soon as i get involved with it i like i hate dealing with you know annoying parents or you know just to like put it into like a teacher perspective cuz i had like a tiny notion kind of inspired by you a bit to you know they have after school clubs you know at the tiny school that Mm -hmm. that my son goes to and uh, some of the parents are like well there's restricted clubs this year because of covid and we would like to like kind of do our own and some of the parents are like oh what can i do what can i you know they're thinking of their skills that they can use as like an after school club and i'm like oh i have skills and i was thinking about it and i'm like oh there's gonna be like the kids that don't pay attention they're gonna run around and then i have to deal <laughs> with the parents and then one like i know that some kids aren't gonna be picked up on time so whatever time i dedicate to this it's gonna be like 10 times more the time and mm-hmm. it's gonna like make me absolutely crazy so i of talking myself out of it and I have I don't want anything to do with it uh, <laughs> because like of all that extra garbage associated with so much of that um interacting with students oh absolutely no I've, I've definitely had days where I was like well I think I need to go to just like elementary school kids or I need to go to high school kids because in my mind they will have different challenges and and things that will be easier I think you know I romanticized parts of it but I think also because Maybe because of, you know, all my nieces and nephews and having held workshops in schools before I was going into it, if not completely knowing what I was getting myself into. Also being like, children are annoying. That's a thing. And just being like, well, I want to, you know, it can be worth it to have like that one kid who's like, this was fun. Or, and I have had some of that. And it does kind of boost that feeling of like, you know, even if I haven't, taught a child something that will help them win a Nobel Prize, I've helped them feel good about themselves 
or help them understand something or even just like had an interesting conversation about something and they leave my classroom feeling a little bit better about something. It's it's cheesy, but that is also nice. But then also you're like, why will this child not sit still for more than two minutes? What is going on? And, you know, I turn into that. At one point, I did turn into that teacher who like, all right, you are coming up. You're going to sit next to me on the stool. You cannot talk to your friends. And I was very like every every weird like you know, caricature of a teacher, just like, I almost wanted to grab him by the ear. I did not because that is not good and you're not supposed to, and it's not helpful. But where I was just like turning into this weird cartoon of a Harridan teacher of the 1800s, just like pulling him by the earlobe. (laughs) Yeah. There's like, of all the good intentions of all like the no, like, oh, I'm going to be able to help kids that like, were like Mm -hmm. me or in a tent, like have, have issues that like I can actually understand and I could help them in a creative way. And other times you're like, oh my God, just shut up. (laughs) that's how i can imagine it going yeah i think you know it's it's kind of like you know if when you're a parent you're like i'm never gonna you know use ipads or whatever it might be and then you're just like i just need i just need quiet for five minutes exactly that's all i need i will give you a hundred million dollars and all the fudge just be quiet yeah ultimatums are a bad idea for everything (laughs) (laughs) so that was a really good catch-up i think uh, we filled in a whole bunch of like (laughs) of sad sad and fun gaps and hopefully next show we can like go on and we could talk more about some creative stuff um i don't know what we're gonna do because we we usually just you know we're creative types you know we just go with the flow (laughs) yeah sometimes we're super structured sometimes we're not and i feel like every show i end with like please tell us about but i i i am curious if if you want to share specific or non-specific stories about you know what art has meant to you in really hard times because it's even helped to like you know hear about ways other people have dealt with crappy stuff going on and i know that i'm not alone in having crappy stuff going on and i'm Mm -hmm. also not alone with using my hands to make it feel a tiny bit better so yeah so please do keep emailing your feedback and questions we love hearing from you and it would also help us this time you know it's a it's it's a a symbiotic (laughs) make make us content (laughs) Right. Symbiotic. That's the one where like, you know, it's, it's yes. good for both parties. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can uh, you can go and find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our email is make do pod at gmail.com. You can find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And now that we're back, we'll continue being back and we will be we back again back yeah in a fortnight back 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 again (laughs) back 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 again uh until then go make and do